on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Hayner, the pitch. Hey, struck him out swinging. And this one is finally over. Wow, what a finish. Braves strand a couple. They get one in. Final 10-9 Brewers. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Foley. Well, about two hours ago, the Brewers had a very comfortable lead. Looked like they were just going to ease their way into a win here to uh, take one from the Braves before all is said and done. And then all heck breaks loose in the seventh inning. The Brewers have a hard time just fielding the ball. All of a sudden, the Braves are just scoring runs. But the Brewers hold on. The Brewers hold on. That's the bottom line. They win by a 10-9 score. I always say that not all wins are created equal. And I also don't think you evaluate all wins the same way. If this was May 2nd right now, and the Brewers go into this game with a 17-10 and record, the best record in the National League, then the, the narrative after this game is probably more on a negative side. Yeah, they get the win, but... And we've got a lot of things that we can go over after the butt. However, the Brewers, going into today's game, had lost 10 of their last 13. They had fallen all the way back to 500, and they were at risk of getting swept by the Braves. So for me, I'm not washing over all the bad stuff that happened that caused this to be a much closer game than we ever expected a couple hours ago. But at the end of the day, the win is more important than anything else that happened. The Brewers kind of, they, they found a way or they survived or they, like whatever word you want to use to describe the way they won this game, they won the game. We can be hopeful that as the season moves along and the Brewers get back rolling, if they have other games like this later in the year, it'll be at a point where we can spend some time talking on the show more focused on maybe the bad things that happened. But the bottom line is this team needed a win. They needed a win, and they get a win today. There were some things that happened that you would rather not ever see happen again, but they get the win. 10-9 is the final score. My name is Matt Pauley, Craig Kishon from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. He's going to join us coming up in just a little while once he is done with his television responsibilities. And if you want to join us, you can do so. You can call or you can text into the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me. At Matt Pauley on air, M A T T P A U L E Y on air. We have you till 6:30 this evening. So going a little later than we normally go on a Sunday. That's because the game lasted uh, three hours and 45 minutes. That was quite the marathon this afternoon here at American Family Field. Already getting a lot of people chiming in about when Freddie Peralta was removed from the game, and I can promise you this: if Craig Council would have known what was going to happen later in the game. He probably would not have left Peralta, or probably would not have removed Peralta. He probably would have let Peralta go one morning. But there's no way to tell the future. And in a year where you're hopeful that Peralta is going to throw more innings than he has ever thrown in his career before, you try to be a little bit careful when the opportunity shows itself, and it did show itself today. So I don't have a problem with when Peralta got pulled. We'll get into that. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, that, that was... That was bad. I 
that there's not a lot of just the way the Brewers played in the field in the final few innings of the game, the plays that were not made, that was that was really unfortunate. It was not good. You don't know what leads to that for a Luis Urias to uh, – to have most of his airs this year just in two games for whatever reason. He's somebody that can all of a sudden just have a very bad game and it can just he can kind of lose it at any given moment. And it, it it's happened twice this year. So he's been this has been a really good fielding team and this has been a team that has certainly saved some runs throughout the year, but they didn't today and it just kind of went along with how things ended up finishing off. So we have a lot to get into before we are done at 6.30. Again, if you want to join the program, you could do so. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet into the program if you'd like. At Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the win as they knock off the Atlanta Braves 10-9. They salvage a game in the three-game series, and they get a much-needed day off tomorrow as they kind of cleanse themselves of the way uh, things finished off in this one today. Brewers get the win. More in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Going away again, Enoa, the stretch. There they go, the runners. The pitch, swinging a line drive to right. Moving over Andre Anzic, over his head, up against the wall. Kane scores. Garcia's around third. He scores. Brewers up 2-0 on the double by Daniel Vogelback. That was good to see. Brewers have been struggling with runners in scoring position, not coming up with the proverbial big hits. Now, two for 15 with runners in scoring position, not good. It's bad, but it's actually better than what we've seen uh, recently a bit. So they get the two hits. Like, uh, with that, I am more worried about the first number than the second number. When you're 2 for 15 with runners in scoring position, more often than not, you're focusing at the entire number, the 2 for 15, the average, the fact that's not good. Well, the Brewers have been struggling so much uh, with runners in scoring position. I would argue that the the only number that's really important right there at the moment is the two. They got two hits today with runners in scoring position. That's uh, that's a little bit more than they have been tending to do recently, and it was enough for them to come away with the win today. They knock off Atlanta by a 10-9 score. We are live at American Family Field. My name is Matt Pauley. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports Wisconsin. He is going to join us once he is done with his television responsibilities. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's go uh, south all the way down to the state of Missouri. We'll welcome Matthew onto the program. Hey, Matthew, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm good. I was just uh, I was concerned with the uh, the Christian Yelich uh, deal. I saw one night he was 0 for two with two strikeouts in AAA today. 0 for two, two flyouts, uh, coming off a couple injuries, the worst hitting career or season of his career last year. I mean, you gotta wonder where where Christian Yelich is at right now. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. I appreciate the phone call and you listening uh, streaming the uh, streaming the show right now. 
I'm not worried about the numbers he puts up at AAA. I'm worried about him playing the games and waking up the next morning and feeling okay. He was hitting, what, I think 345 with the Brewers uh, before he got injured. Uh, the power wasn't there. If there's something to be maybe a little bit alarmed about with Yelich on his start to the season, it was the fact that uh, he was getting a lot of base hits. He wasn't hitting for extra bases. So that's the thing that you want to see from him. But when you... When you go down and you do those rehab assignments, especially with Yelich, look, this wasn't about him going out and having success and hitting a bunch of home runs and uh, helping the team score a bunch of runs. The the goal of Yelich was to play in games and to feel okay the next morning. That was it. That was the only goal. Go play. Go swing the bat. Go run in the outfield. Go make catches. Go be as active as you possibly can be. And then the next morning when you wake up, hope to everything in the world that your back has responded okay. And today was the third straight day he played. And Matthew's right. He did not come up with a hit. He had a couple walks in yesterday's game, uh, He, but he did not have a hit at AAA. That doesn't bother me at all. I would actually argue that you go look at guys who go down on rehab assignments, there's a lot of times that they don't come up with hits and they don't have a lot of success at the plate because it's it's not so much about that. Now, sometimes it is about going down and getting your timing at the plate, and that's the other thing. This is a guy who, he's played one game in the past, what, month, basically? So his timing at the plate probably isn't there. That's going to have to come back. He has not really been part of that many competitive baseball games in a while. So I understand the concern when you just look at the numbers from a, from a very raw standpoint that, yeah, he's coming off a, a tough year last year offensively, and then he goes down to AAA and he can't hit the ball. I understand why that would be concerning. I would say that I'm not concerned about that at this point in time, largely because of how he looked at the plate when he was with the Brewers this year with the single caveat that – He's got to hit for a little bit more power. He's he's got to he's got to get some balls over the wall, and he's got to get some balls into the gap. That's that's the thing that he's got to be able to come up with because uh, that's how you score runs. And to more often than not, it's just it's tough to string those hits together. And if you want to score runs, what you got to do is you got to get people and runners in scoring position. You got to get uh, you got to get the ball over the wall. That's how you score runs, and that's what the Brewers need more of. Although they. They score a bunch of runs today. Like, give them credit for it's kind of funny. We've talked a lot about this recently about the idea that, you know, at some point in time, the hitting is going to be carrying the pitching because throughout the course of this season, the pitching has been carrying the hitting. And it was just going to happen. At some point, things were going to kind of turn around and you were going to need the hitting to start carrying the pitching. And it's one game. One game doesn't mark a trend. One game doesn't mean things are going in a certain direction. But at least for one day, it was the hitting that came through and uh, helped make up for some not-so-great pitching and not-so-great fielding today. You got a great starting pitching performance from Freddie Peralta. Fantastic. Six innings, two hits, eight strikeouts, one walk. But across the board, the bullpen just was not successful. And you don't know how much of that had to do with – and this is – We'll talk about this coming up in just a moment. Uh, where it's where it's a kind of a challenge is when you're not winning games, how do you keep your high leverage relief pitchers sharp? Because the last thing you ever want is to put a Josh Hader or put Devin Williams into a game that you're either winning big or you're losing big, and then all of a sudden the next three days you're playing a bunch of one run games and you use them a couple, two, three days in a row, but you get to a point where they're just not available. And you know what would happen on this show? 
people would call up and they would go, well, if Council wouldn't have used Hader in that 10-2 game on Tuesday, he would have been available today and you know, the, things like that, right? That, that's, the, that's the narrative that's coming out. So how do, you, how do you fight against that to keep guys sharp when games are one-sided or you're not winning games? We'll discuss that a little bit coming up in uh, just a moment. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the win. They hold on to a knockoff Atlanta today by a 10-9 score. We're back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Narvaez swinging a fly ball, hit to deep right. Back Andrianza, it's off the wall. Colton Wong is going to be sent around third. Here's the relay throw home. Wong slides, he's in. It's an RBI double for Narvaez. The throw and all the way back to the on-deck area of the Braves, and Narvaez will take third. 10-9, the Brewers get the win over Atlanta, able to salvage a game, still lose two of three in the series. They avoid dropping below 500 with the victory. They go back to a game above at 21-20. and Welcome back into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. Craig Sean from Bally Sports Wisconsin should be joining us here momentarily. If you want to join the program, you could do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the uh, 10-9 win. I've got a bunch of messages. I'll just read one. Mike and Mequon. Starting to get upset with Craig Council. Please leave the starting pitcher in. I talk a lot. I talk a lot about resource allocation when we talk about baseball, especially when you're a team like the Brewers, smaller market team, don't don't have the payroll that other teams have, things like that. You have to make sure that you get the most out of everything, everyone that you have, everything that you do, and knowing when to allocate those resources is a really important thing. And sometimes decisions are going to be made that backfire because you're playing the average. And you should always play the average, or you should almost always play the average. If if the Brewers had a team psychic, if that was a new position on coaching staffs across Major League Baseball, that you had somebody in your dugout who could sit there and go tell you what was going to happen if you make a certain decision, well, then some decisions might not be made. For example, today, if the team psychic can go up to Craig Council and say, hey, if you remove Freddie Peralta after six innings, the team's going to give up seven runs in the seventh, and all of a sudden, things are going to get a little bit dicey. At that point, Council probably says, okay, we'll leave Peralta in. Thank you, team psychic. But that doesn't exist. And it, is, it was very unlikely what the Braves did today. Coming back from an 8 nothing deficit to make this game interesting, that is not something that is going to happen very often. It happens. We saw it happen. It's going to happen again. But it's not something that happens very often. So when you're managing the game and you're evaluating all your choices and you're sitting there and you're saying, Peralta's pitching really well. Peralta has become one of our most effective pitchers. 
we are going to be asking this guy to throw more innings this year than he has ever thrown in his career, and we're going to be asking him to throw a ton more innings than he threw last year. Hey, you know what? Our team is up right now by an 8 nothing score. This is a great opportunity not to really push him, not to make him go to an extreme number on his pitch count. I think he was at 88. Get him out of there. Let him have a little bit of an off day, and he's going to get an off, you know, an extra day off before his next start, and maybe that helps protect him a little bit. You're able to keep his effectiveness up. You're able to uh, just make sure that the arm doesn't go dead at the end of the season because you're asking for 162 games, and then the bullpen just did not have a good day today. But you don't manage being worse worried that your bullpen's going to have a bad day, this doesn't happen that often. So I am completely comfortable, and I would have probably made the exact same decision that Craig Council made today on Peralta. It was the opportunity to get a guy out. You don't manage based off the very small percentage chance that Atlanta's going to do what Atlanta does today, because more often than not, you're not going to see a team come back like that uh, in an 8 nothing game, especially with the bullpen that the Brewers have. And with that, let's bring in Craig Kishon from, from Valley Sports Wisconsin. I understand. You just kind of heard the, yeah, the tail yeah. end of what I was saying. Yep. I understand the frustration when you look at this game in totality of Peralta coming out. But when you really go to that moment when he comes out of the game, I think it's clearly the correct decision. Well, yeah, I, I think if uh, if he stayed in there, I, myself, I would have said, what's he doing in there in the seventh inning of an 8 nothing game and his pitch count's nearing 100? I know some people you know, differ on that, but I, I think the way we have seen this pitching staff develop on this level, um, I think it was definitely the right call. And I'll tell you right now, uh, clearly it had nothing to do with relief pitching in my opinion it with the the defense just Ugh. went out the door yeah. in the seventh and eighth inning uh again for this team and so that's the thing that we're not used to seeing i mean you can't have that many errors mental errors actual errors that are recorded in the in the scorebook in in that type of a frame of mind against a batters such as we saw today freddie freeman's going to hit a grand slam off if, if you give him a chance when he shouldn't even be up that inning so i mean it was a 30 out nine inning game delivered by brewer pitching in this one there were 30 outs they needed to get and that's a, there was a play at second that wasn't made on a fielder's choice that was ruled a straight fielder's right. choice that could have easily yeah. been ruled an error there were some of those plays where a single error was ruled where really a mistake was made on like you think about uh, the error on Urias to to Wong that air in fact that error was switched at one point it was on Wong and then went to like there were just so many times where it wasn't just one guy not making a play it was multiple yeah. guys yeah it was you know there were there were some mental breakdowns and and you're right some of the some of the mistakes certainly aren't going to be recorded as errors but we all know where the out should have been um that's for sure and, and some of the errors led to extra bases not just one base so um it, it fell apart but you know what this is the funny game you yeah. know you don't have many runs and all of a sudden you have 10 and you need every single one of them to get on the board 10-9 the final score brewers get the win over the braves we're back with more in just a moment this is brewers extra innings it's brewers extra innings with matt falling Three on the left side, playing Garcia, dead pull. No matter if there's somebody on or not, swinging a drive in the center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here. It is gone, I believe, for Garcia. Yep. 10-9. Brewers get the win over Atlanta. If you're uh, 
We were taking a nap this afternoon, spending some time with the family, taking a trip out, whatever, and you just hear, oh, wow, 10-9. That, that, was, uh, that was probably a nip and tuck, back and forth kind of game. Nope, no, not, not that at all. This game was uh, 8 nothing going into the seventh inning and then a uh, seventh spot from Atlanta. The most runs that have been scored against the Brewers in a single inning this year, the seven, uh, the seven runs. So and I, you hit on it a moment ago, Craig. It was the, the defensive plays just – not being made, and it's a. Uh, I'll pick on Luis Urias just a little bit here because he had two errors in that moment. I think the only thing that's he's been he's been fantastic for the most part defensively. So we're still kind of learning about who he is as a player. I think the only thing that I would be concerned about at this point is that we've seen two separate games where the errors have bunched up on him, and, and so it, it, it feels like, and it's a tiny sample size, and maybe I'm not being fair when I say this, and we'll just see how it continues to go, but it feels like he's somebody who can all of a sudden kind of lose it for just, just for whatever reason. Yeah, I think he's got seven errors, and five of those have come in two games. Yeah. So we saw the two today, and then he had one game where he had three errors, and um, certainly you don't want you, you don't want to lose games that way, especially when you, when you have a, a, an 8 nothing lead in a game like like we saw today. So I, I think, you know, the bottom line is these these are going to be part of the growing pains uh, that he's doing this on an everyday level here right now. And he's been he's been handed the, the baton. It's his to run with over at shortstop. And he's done, you know, a pretty good job for the most part. But um, we're still finding out who he is. I think he's still finding out who he is. Colton Wong's still finding out who he is. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about it. We're only six, seven weeks into the baseball season, and, and he's the second shortstop for this club by choice. Mm-hmm. They dealt away Orlando Arcee to the Braves of all teams coming in here by choice. So this is the guy they're going with. So they're going to they're gonna have to live with those mistakes. And Count said after the game, we're going to sit down and talk to him. And, and that's very important that, that we all know that, too, that that's going to be addressed. Yeah, yeah. Bill Schroeder on the TV broadcast today said something kind of interesting where he talked about you, you almost worry about him when he has a game like that. You, you worry about how that's going to impact him uh, mo- moving forward. And I think then that goes to what Craig Council says where you don't just – Walk into the clubhouse after the game and just hey, enjoy your off day tomorrow. We'll see you all you know in, right. in Kansas City. Yeah. Like you you address it, and I think with a young player who's getting his first opportunity to be that everyday guy at shortstop, uh, address if Colton Wong goes and has a two three air day, you know what? He's probably not hearing a word about it because right. that's not who he is. Right. But as a young pitcher, you're st- or not young uh, uh, fielder, rather young position player, you're still kind of nurturing him along. Yep, and and you know, like I said, they decided to go with him and they have a lot of confidence in him they, they made a big trade to acquire him a couple of years ago and this is his time to shine right now it's his time to learn and there are certain positions that especially on this club you're going to learn on the big league level a lot of it's pitching and for him it's going to be at, at shortstop right now really there's no other positions besides those two where these guys are kind of learning on the job mm-hmm. on the major league level you know, there, there are guys that are definitely major league ready and they, and they belong here and they're a big hit from the get-go or you bring in a veteran. But the young guys, those two spots right now, they're, they're learning as they go on the major league level. And the pressure that's on the Brewers shortstop, I would argue it's greater than the shortstop pressure for many teams. Like I was watching the Braves today. They, they, if they do do it, I never saw it. Uh, or maybe I just would have missed it. But when they shift... 
they kind of shift everybody a little bit. Whereas when the Brewers do some shifting, they'll take their third baseman. When all of a sudden there's two strikes of the bunts off the table, they'll they'll move their second ba- their third baseman and put them over to the other side of second base, leaving the shortstop as the only person on that side yep. of the field. Yep. Like the, there's a lot of responsibility in being the Brewers shortstop and the what they place upon that individual. Because the reason they move the third baseman over to second and don't just shift everybody over is because they're saying our shortstop can cover the most ground, yep. so we're going to ask him to cover the entire left side of the infield. Which means he's going to get the most balls, mm-hmm. the most opportunities, so he's got to get to the ball, he's got to stop the ball, he's got to make decisions, he's got to make long throws, he's got to make short little underhanded throws that are going to lead to double plays that we didn't see in this one. Those were the mistakes that were made here today. You can't overthink plays when, when they're happening, but that happens the game can pass you by in in the you know flash of a second especially in those important spots that you're talking about. 10-9, the Brewers knock off Atlanta today. They salvage a game in the series going into an off day tomorrow. We'll hear the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's after the news, which begins in two minutes here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. And the pitch. Swinging a bouncer back up the middle, but there is Colton Wong right near the bag at second and throws him out to end the inning. 10-9. Brewers get the win over Atlanta. Anything but easy. They were up 8-0, and then Atlanta scored 7 in the 7th, 1 in the 8th, and 1 in the ninth. but the Brewers are able to hold on, thanks in large part to two runs that they score in the bottom of the 7th. My name is Matt Pauley, coming your way from American Family Field, where manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago. Opened up just talking about the uh, the craziness of this one this afternoon. It was a wild game. Um but we hung on for a win and the offense kind of picked up our picked up a bullpen and the, and our defense. Um, and, and that's been, it's been kind of the opposite most of the year, but the offense picked us up today. Greg, how much did the guys need that just to have a big day and then, you know, have it hold up? Yeah. I mean, I, I think a big offensive day as much as anything, um, was important. And, um, you know, we had great at bats at the top of the lineup, uh, you know, especially Omar and Locane, um, just great at bats, just kind of in the middle of everything. So, um, you know, a, a big, a big run day and, and a lot of guys doing, you know, Avi did good things. Colton did good things. Vogie did good things. So Louie had three walks. So it's a lot of guys did really good things. Craig, uh, that play that Pablo Reyes made on, and I think it was NCR today, in the eighth, um, how big of a play do you think that did that end up being just to keep the score where it was? Yeah, it was a huge play. It was a great play. It was a great bunt. Um, and he made it, you know, it's, it's, uh, bases loaded, nobody out, Acuna's up. Um, so it's, it's a, it was a huge defensive play and in a, in a basically a rough defensive stretch, we did get a great defensive play in there that, that made a huge difference in the game. Talked about your outfield defense a lot, Craig, and Jackie and Lowe both had really good running catches that, you know, stopped innings from happening. Yeah, you know, our outfield defense has been our most consistent part of our team. I feel like we've just been so good out there, and those guys keep making really, really good plays. Um, and today, you're right, two, two highlight plays today that um, – 
gave, gave Freddie, uh, you know, some, some easy innings really. And Freddie was, Freddie was brilliant again. Um, you know, I, I thought this was just a, you know, real clinical performance. He just was on target all day. Um, everything he did was good. Um, plus right from the get go, he was really good. Craig, what about the infield defense? Is it any of that concerning in the bigger picture or just a bad day? Yeah, I mean, it was a bad day. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, for Weicho, it's just, you know, that, you you know, you make a mistake and we're going to make mistakes out there. And then, then the next one, you just got to go, go get it and go make a play. Um, you know, that's, that, that's the thing we'll communicate, um, to him. Um, you know, he's, his, his mistakes have been in two games. He's played really well outside of two, two games. Um, and that's, that's part of it. I mean, we're going to, you're going to make an error. You're going to, you're going to make a bad play. Um, uh, you know, we all under, we all know that will happen for every shortstop as much as they handle the baseball, um, you know, moving on to the next one and, and, you know, wanting it hit to you and being the guy is, is the key to it. Craig, the, the, the game probably got a little different when JP was in there and he's been so fantastic all year. And today, I guess he, he walked a couple of guys out. It's just unlike him, isn't it? To, to unlike what we yeah, said. I mean, I, I'm not, it was, it was a, you know, he was just off and, and then had, had trouble getting the ball over the plate. His fastball was just off a little, you know, kind of yanking the fastball quite a bit, but, um, you know, there was, he had a little bit of break, probably maybe it was maybe a four day, four day break for him, which is the longest he's had. So maybe we learned something from that a little bit, but, um, no, he'll be he'll be back out there next time, and I know he's going to pitch well. Deb had a couple of tough moments, so then he had two great moments. You got Okuna up there, one of the best in the game, and then uh, oh, Devin pitched great. I mean, I, I thought I thought Devin's outing was was as good as his outings have been this year. Um, you know, a, l- a little broken bat hit or whatever starts the inning, and and I, and then I. You know, when the pitches he made to Acuna and 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 uh, Adrianza in big in a huge spot, um, you know, were were really well done, and he had to step up for us today, and he really did. Josh did some tremendous battling too, Craig, because uh, both Freeman and Riley put good at bats on him, but he just keeps coming at you and makes you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what you get with the ninth inning. That's why the ninth inning is different. You just you just get heightened. You know, we, we want to say it's every at bat's the same, but you see the heightened intensity on the at bats uh, in the ninth inning in in games like that. I mean, I, if today was the script for the at bats, they're just different in that inning. And Freddie Freeman's at bat was you know, that's why he's Freddie Freeman, right? Um, the the pitches he's able to lay off and and Riley battled some really tough pitches as well. So Josh just kept making pitches and that's what he's, that's why he's great is because it's, you are going to get the other guy's best and the other team's best. Um, but you continue with your, with your outstanding stuff and, and never giving in and keep making pitches and, and he went, wins out. Yeah. Your offense kept tremendous pressure on their pitchers today, Craig. I think it's like 45 batters batted in eight innings. I mean, you guys just, it's never let up all day. Yeah, and it was it was everything, which was it was good to see. It was it was taking your walks, um, 
you know, low Kane's base hit with the bases loaded was, was a huge play too, or maybe it was second and third, but that was a huge play, the huge moment in the game when they, they came back and scored seven and we put two right back on there because of Lowe's hit. So, um, you know, I think we did it in all shapes and forms today. It was a, you know, kind of complete offensive game for us. That is Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. It was a crazy one. If you missed any of it, we've got the highlights for you. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. All right, strap in. Brewers get the 10-9 win. Pitching matchup. Freddie Peralta going for the crew. Wascar Noah getting the start for Atlanta. It would be the Brewers who would break through first. It happens in the third inning. Omar Nervaez leads the inning off with a base hit. Then Lorenzo Kane gets a hit. Runners on at first and second. Travis Shaw then strikes out. Avisael Garcia reaches on a fielder's choice where Narvaez is out at third, but it pushes Kane up to second in front of Daniel Vogelback. Going away again, Enoa, the stretch. There they go, the runners. The pitch, swinging a line drive to right. Moving over Andre Anza, it's over his head, up against the wall. Kane scores. Garcia's around third. He scores. Brewers up 2-0 on the double by Daniel Vogelback. That was good to see, and the Brewers would add on an inning later in the fourth. As with a couple outs, Colton Wong would get a base hit, and then Omar Narvaez would stand it. Narvaez swinging a fly ball, hit to deep right. Back Andre Anza, it's off the wall. Colton Wong is going to be sent around third. Here's the relay throw home. Wong slides, he's in. It's an RBI double for Narvaez. The throw went all the way back to the on-deck area of the Braves, and Narvaez will take third. The Brewers would keep on coming there in the first few innings of the contest to the fifth. Travis Shaw leads the inning off with a base hit. Next hitter, Avisayo Garcia. Three on the left side, playing Garcia, dead pull. No matter if there's somebody on or not, swinging a drive in the center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here. It is gone, I believe, for Garcia. Yep. Yeah, we were all waiting to see whether or not that catch was made. It was not. Garcia hits the home run, makes it a 5 nothing game, and uh, Enoa would not make it out of the fifth. Jesse Biddle would come in. He would get the uh, final couple outs of the inning, but he did issue a walk, and that might have been a sign of things to come. More on that in a moment. All the while, Freddie Peralta, he was just absolutely rolling along. The Braves don't collect their first hit in the inning until the fifth. In the sixth inning, he would get the uh, first two outs against the first two hitters that he would face, and that would bring up Marcel Azuna. And the pitch. Swinging a bouncer back up the middle, but there is Colton Wong right near the bag at second and throws him out to end the inning. Freddie Peralta works one, two, three. Peralta would end up throwing six innings, gives up just two hits, eight strikeouts, one walk. He picks up the win to go to four and one, drops his ERA to 2.40. The Brewers would uh, get three more runs across in a very odd bottom of the sixth inning. Inning gets started with a Colton Wong butt single. A wild pitch by Jesse Biddle would move him to second. Omar Nervaez would then fly out. That's the first out of the inning. Lorenzo Kane would then walk. Runners at first and second. Travis Shaw would then walk. That would load the bases. 
Uh, at that point, Avisael Garcia comes to the plate during his at-bat. There is a passed ball. That allows Wong to score. Kane goes to third. Shaw goes to second. Then Garcia ends up walking. That reloads the bases for Daniel Vogelback who uh, grounds into a fielder's choice with uh, Lorenzo Kane scoring. Shaw goes to third, Garcia to second. That brings uh, up to the plate Jackie Bradley Jr. There is a wild pitch during that at-bat. That allows Travis Shaw to score. So three runs in the inning, one on a pass ball, one on a fielder's choice, one on a wild pitch, and it gives the Brewers an 8-0 lead, and it just feels like they will coast to victory. But not so fast. To the top of the seventh inning, new pitcher into the game is J.P. Fireisen. First batter he faces, Ozzie Albies. He flies out, but then Dansby Swanson, he gets a base hit, and Austin Riley walks. So runners on at first and second. A wild pitch by Fireisen allows the runners to move up to second and third, respectively, in front of William Contreras, who walks. That loads the bases for Ender Enciarte. 1-1. Enciarte, ground ball up the middle, a base hit. One run is in. Here comes a second run to score. And now it's 8-2. to Two, two runs single off the bat of Ender Enciarte. That would be it for Fire Eisen. Brent Suter then comes into the game. First batter he faces is Pablo Sandoval, who reaches on a fielder's choice where they tried to make the out at second. There could have been an air assessed on that play. They don't go with the air there, but certainly a missed opportunity for an out. And uh, the next hitter after that, is Ari Adrianza. Brewers in a jam here in the top of the seventh. The 1-0. Swinging a bouncer. Hit to Urias. This could be two. To second. One. No. Wong bobbles that one. Safe everywhere. Throwing air by Urias as he did not get that into the glove of uh, Colton Wong. So it uh, keeps the inning going and things just are not going well and they get a little bit worse with Freddie Freeman at the plate. Now Freddie Freeman hits with the bases loaded, and he hits one to straightaway center. Back is Kane. Warning track. Whoa, gone. Freddie Freeman has hit a grand slam, and just like that, it's a one-run game. Yeah, and the Brewers really needed some runs. They would get them in the bottom of the seventh. Josh Tomlin comes on to pitch. Uh, he walks Luis Urias. He allows a fly out to Tyrone Taylor, but then Colton Wong gets a base hit. That ends the day for Tomlin. New pitcher is Sean Newcomb. He hits Omar Nervaez with a pitch, puts runners on at first and second for Lorenzo Kane. Three balls, two strikes. Here's the pitch. Swing the line, driving to left field, a base hit. It's down. Urias scores. Here comes Wong. It's a two-run single for Lorenzo Kane. Make it 10-7 Milwaukee. But the Braves weren't done yet. Top of the eighth inning, Devin Williams in to pitch. Dansby Swanson gets a base hit. He uh, steals second. There's a throwing error by Omar Nervaez, uh, and that allows him to move up. After a walk to Austin Riley, William Contreras is standing in. Williams deals again. This one bounced on the ground. Could be two. Bobbled by Urias. He'll go to second for one. Or is it safe at second? It is. Wow. That should have been a double play ball. Yeah, another missed opportunity. Double plays not getting turned. Extra outs being given away. Run scoring. 10-8 is the score uh, going to the bottom of the eighth inning and to the ninth. Josh Hader is on to pitch for the Brewers in the ninth inning. First battery faces Freddie Freeman. He walks, but then Marcel Azuna strikes out for the first out. 
Ozzie Albies then gets a base hit. That puts Freeman at third in front of Dansby Swanson, who hits a sacrifice fly. That scores Freeman. It makes it a one-run game. Things still very interesting. Next hitter, Austin Riley. The pitch. Line to left. Another base hit. Albies will turn and hold at second. They are still alive on a solid base hit by Austin Riley. Yeah, they were alive all right. Albies the tying run on second. Riley the go-ahead run at first. And William Contreras at the plate. Hayner, the pitch. Hey, struck him out swinging. And this one is finally over. Wow, what a finish. Braves strand a couple. They get one in. Final 10-9 Brewers. Yeah, anything but easy with the win. The Brewers go to 21 and 20. The Braves with the loss, they drop to 19 and 21. Winning totals for the crew: 10 runs, 12 hits, a season-high three errors, and uh, they end up leaving 11 for Atlanta. Nine runs, eight hits, one error. They leave seven. The winning pitcher for Peralta, he's four and one. You know it takes the loss. He dropped to three and two home runs. Avisayo Garcia hitting his sixth of the year for the Brewers. Freddie Freeman hitting his 11th for Atlanta. The game lasting three hours and 45 minutes played in front of a crowd of 16,044 folks here at American Family Field. Brewers get an off day and then they hit the road as they'll head to Kansas City for a series that begins on Tuesday. We'll preview that. We'll tell you what happened across the Brewers minor league system and the NL Central. A lot to get to before we're done. That's up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. A 10-9 victory for the Brewers over the Atlanta Braves going around the National League Central. The Cubs get a win today in Detroit by a 5-1 score. Uh, Cubs have Kyle Hendricks on the mound. Eight strong innings, one run on eight hits, eight strikeouts, and no walks. Hendricks throwing 105 pitches in the victory. The Reds, they knock off the Rockies by a 7-6 score. Cincinnati scoring two runs in the top of the ninth after scoring four runs in the eighth after they were down by a 6-1 score. They score the final six runs, and they get the win to get back to 500 at 19-19. Pirates lose to the Giants by a 4-1 score, and the Cardinals, they lead the Padres right now 2-0. That game is in the bottom of the first inning in San Diego. Around the Brewers minor league system, AAA Nashville, uh, Christian Yelich continuing to rehab with them, and uh, he went hitless today, but he played, and now we'll see whether or not he feels good enough to maybe be back with the big league club coming up on Tuesday. Uh, Nashville loses to Memphis 4-3. Double-A Biloxi knocks off Mississippi 14-10. High Wisconsin over Peoria 9-7. And the Carolina Mudcats win it down east by a 3-1 score. Tomorrow is an off day for the Brewers. They'll open up a series in Kansas City coming up on Tuesday. The pitching matchup, Brandon Woodruff will go for the Brewers 2-1, 1.64 ERA. Uh, Kansas City has yet to announce their starter for Tuesday's contest. 7-10 first pitch. Our coverage begins at 6 o'clock with Brewers warm-up. I'll talk to you after the game for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings. We'll talk to you coming up on Tuesday evening right here on WTMJ.